Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. A big question on a lot of Formula One fans. Mines as will Max Verstappen dominate the field again here in the upcoming 2024 F1 World Championship. To help me discuss from the Telegraph is Eric Van Heren. For those of you who don't know, Eric is the uh, Dutch journalist who regularly covers Max Verstappen, travels to all the races, and you know if you're a Verstappen fan, I mean Eric is the guy you want to be plugged in with because he gets all the info on Max. Eric, uh, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to do this. How are you? Yes, thanks for having me and for the nice introduction. Um, I'm very well. I I, I um, have to say I'm a little bit start to uh, feel for the season to, to start, but I'm quite happy that I'm now uh, at home for a few weeks in a row. My girlfriend is happy with that as well, for now <laughs> at least. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, there'll be a long, long season this year. So um, I think all the Formula One journalists, but also, of course, mechanics, drivers, uh, team members, all the team members, they I think they were happy they... They, they have some rest maybe where they can. So, um, yeah, for me, it's the same. I figured we should uh, probably do this now before the season starts because, like you said, you know, I know how uh, busy you get when the season's in, in full motion. I mean, Eric, you're joining us all the way from uh, the Netherlands, a place uh, I've always wanted to visit. I mean, I was I was going to go last year for the, uh, for the Dutch Grand Prix. I had seven – I had about seven races uh, on, on the calendar that I had to report uh, for so be in person at but uh, I had to choose between the Dutch Grand Prix in, in Silverstone and at the end of the day I ended up going to the British Grand Prix but uh, the Dutch Grand Prix is a race that uh, it looks like a lot of fun <laughs> go this year yeah or at least next year because we don't know if, if it will be on the calendar after 25 but it's amazing what they what they did there and it's of course you can it's easy to get there with the train um and uh yeah the atmosphere is just uh <laughs> mental yeah uh, but it's awesome. it's uh it's really well organized i think a lot of people in the netherlands always said oh it's never going to happen in zandvoort it's uh yeah it's impossible to have it there and if you see what the organization did there and of course the popularity of uh, verstappen is still growing it seems so um yeah it's really really nice to 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 have a an own grand prix like uh like in the netherlands well, today we're here to talk about Max, and uh, I mean, the guy just doesn't stop winning, Eric. I mean, just uh, this past weekend, I believe he won the 24-hour virtual race with his esports yeah. team. Uh, it was, it's like Redline esports team driving. Yeah, He's yeah. driving a Mercedes AMG GT3? Yeah, yeah, Max and a Mercedes. <laughs> so um, uh, that's, I think that's that's the only time he does that. But it's it's uh, if you speak with him, it's it's funny or it's nice if you chat about sim racing uh mm -hmm. of course for a lot of people maybe they think okay that's not too interesting but if you speak with max about that the the excitement from him and how uh how happy he is to talk about it and how serious he is mm -hmm. um it's quite incredible to see and that's that's the real expert but also the real uh 
fan of the sport and um, yeah, he's so serious with it that Team Redline is just, just not just a hobby it's like uh, a second job for him so uh, and he wants to evolve eh? he wants to have his own GT team and have a place for a sim racer to have an actual spot in the in a in a real racing team so um, yeah a lot of things in the future for him uh, on that side as well I think yeah I remember uh, last year talking to him at the um uh, the launch in New York, and I had asked him because I think it was, uh, I think it might have been uh, Helmet Marco had said that he had put a sim setup in his uh, private jet. So I asked him yeah. about it, and he said, "No, no, no." He's like, "He's like, I put a sim setup in my motorhome when I go to the European uh, events, and like he takes it very seriously." Like you said, I mean, like he when he's done, you know, at the track on a Friday, Saturday, whatever he goes back to his motorhome when, when in Europe and he was saying that he like, he, he jumps on the sim. Like he, after yeah. a full day in an F1 car, he goes back and, and starts hauling ass in a simulator. I mean, yeah. After racing Europe, uh, a few hours later, when we are still working at the track, he's already yeah. at home, uh, in the sim. And sometimes he, he rushes the, the F1 races back as well, maybe on Sunday evening or Monday morning. But the sim is, it's for him. I think, yeah, a little bit a hobby, so he, he, he thinks it's fun, but also, of course, you maybe evolve as a driver as well in some point. But it's uh, nice how um, yeah how how good he is in it in that as well. But nice to see uh, that someone is as his own thing behind of besides Formula One. Uh, of course, it's a racing thing, but it's not the same as F1, of course. Yeah, good point. Um, Verstappen coming off a, a dominant season in twenty twenty three, one in which he won nineteen of the twenty two races. I mean, just a a staggering number. I mean, since we since we just don't know what is going to happen this upcoming season, I figured we'd uh, discuss three reasons why Verstappen won't dominate the 2024 season, and one reason why he will. I'll I'll, uh, I'll kick this one off because I've been I've been kind of thinking this over over the winter months because I haven't had a lot to do, Eric. So <laughs> uh, for for me, I think my first thought on all of it was you know Red Bull wouldn't be able to make the same jump with the car as they did last season. I mean, in, in 2023, I think they, you know, they had less wind tunnel time and CFD time than others. Plus, you know, they had the 10% penalty for going over the budget cap and they were able to turn out an incredible car. Now for, for this season, again, less wind tunnel time, less CFD tunnel time than everyone else. But I just don't think they will be able to make the same leap in, in performance or really, extend their dominance in races i mean since red bull never really deviated from their car concept starting back in 2022 i think adrian newey and his team have, have really uh, sucked everything out of these regulations I, I think that is one of the greatest cars i've ever seen and i couldn't imagine there is much left to improve upon now granted they had front tire warm-up issues a bit um in qualifying but uh, you know i think that car was generally built for grand prix races i mean struggled a bit with certain street tracks but other than that that car was dominant across the board paired with an incredible talent like verstappen now if we use another team like mercedes for example i mean they had one concept that they started with in 2022 with that zero pod idea then they evolved that for the beginning of the 2023 season but then seven races into the season they radically overhauled their car concept so mercedes 
hasn't really sat with the regulation in, in just one concept where Red Bull, you know, they really have. They've evolved their philosophy over, you know, the two, you know, coming into this third year. And I don't think this regulation is complicated enough to really find monumental gains once you've sort of reached the the peak with these regulations. That that's my first reason why I don't see Verstappen dominating is, is the fact that they've just really gotten close to just tapping out on on what these regulations can really provide. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. That was one of my reasons as well. That that of course the rules are staying the same. Uh, if you see the, the the step like a team like McLaren made um, from day one to the last day of the, of last season, uh, quite signif- significant. Uh, I think Ferrari was strong the last couple of races as well uh, because of course on qualifying mode they were quite strong, but then on Sundays they are mm, lacking a bit of pace. But now some races like in Vegas, Leclerc was quite. Uh, competitive, um, especially on the um, on the medium tire, um, and so that's that's uh, that's a good one. Um, I think um, if I can give one of mine my, my reasons, I think all the reasons you can make up, but it's I think almost impossible to be as dominant as Red Bull as Verstappen was last year to to copy that another year because. Um, Verstappen was flawless. I think you have to think really hard to name one big mistake he made. I think he didn't make one big mistake. A mistake maybe he made in Miami qualifying, but then a day later he won the race. Maybe that was the big um, start of, of a big uh, rhythm and uh, and the difference with his teammate. Um, so, uh, of course, you can have some bad luck as well. Uh, as a team and as a driver. So, um, um, and, and what I said first, I think the gap will be if the rules are staying the same like now and in 25, uh, it will be inevitable that, that the teams like McLaren, Ferrari, maybe Mercedes will come closer to, um, to the most dominant team like we saw, um, in the Mercedes area as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you make. I mean, Miami for when I, when I go back and I, I take a look at, at Miami, I mean, I mean, coming in, like I thought, Sergio Perez was going to have a have a shot at uh, <laughs> maybe you know bat- battling for a championship here. I mean, uh, he was he was uh, what did he finish second in Bahrain? He won in Saudi Arabia, then he was fifth in Australia, then he won in Baku, and I believe that put him just a few points. Few, I think three points. Yeah, but yeah. In Baku, in Baku, he was really strong because he was mm-hmm. he was winning the sprint race. But he was Verstappen had some bad luck on Sunday during the race with the pit stop, uh, and then you had the safety car after the crash mm-hmm. of the Vries, uh, the other Dutchman at the time. Um, but uh, he was really strong, and then I think he really believed that he could. Uh, attack for stopping. Uh, but the funny thing is, if you look back at the, at the press conference after that race, if you uh, read uh, the quotes of Max, he, he was just saying, okay, um, I know this kind of tracks doesn't suit me that well, and there will be now coming more normal tracks or more race tracks with more fast corners and stuff, and that's more my, my style. And then he delivered. So it was not like... Uh, 
an athlete who said, okay, um, yeah, season long, uh, there, there's a long season left and I will uh, make sure I win. No, he was like thinking already about the tracks coming. And of course, he, he proved himself right because he after that for Miami onwards, he won 10 in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he was like, I think he never feared Checo. Uh, and also not after Baku because he was he's too confident uh, uh, in his own uh, qualities. Yeah, and I think in in Azerbaijan, I think he in Baku, he really, f- from what I could see, kind kind of looked like he really figured the tire out and how, yeah, like the RB nineteen and the the tire kind of work work together. And I think he did a lot of things at the at the steering yeah. wheel as well with setup and uh, changing suspension and st- stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he said that he learned a lot during that race. So maybe when you are in his footsteps, you learn more in race weekends where doesn't go that mm-hmm. uh, ideal 100% like you want but um, he learned a lot of that weekend that's that's for sure yeah because then once we got into Miami I mean it was it was hot like searing heat like it was so hot there that weekend and then trying to I guess uh, you know coax the tires get them underneath you get them working and I, and I thought like Verstappen in Miami was on the the weaker strategy too in terms of of, of tires and he still ended up just you know coming through the field and then obviously obviously winning beating uh Sergio who is supposedly great at managing tires at least he he has been in the past from what I've seen um but yeah I thought after Miami that's in Sergio and this is would be my second thing would be you know Perez when the car just got away from him and you know he really lost his his confidence and just took a very large chunk of the season for him to regain that confidence where when we got to the end of the season in Abu Dhabi I think he still wasn't even a hundred percent certain with this car but now coming into 2024 you know let's say he's worked hard in the off season, really tried to change his style. And I know it's not an easy thing to do and has worked hard on the engineering side to find ways of getting Red Bull's car philosophy sort of more on his side. And what happens if he, if he starts taking points away from, from Max within the races, I'd said this before we recorded, you know, we could maybe be make a, uh, an argument, well, not an argument. We could maybe we say it could would would be like Hamilton versus Rodsberg situation where, you know, one takes points away from the other, and this thing sort of comes down to the final few races. I mean, obviously, it's it's Max. I mean, he's incredible. That would be an impossible. Well, not impossible, but that would be hard for Sergio to do. But I think that another reason why Max maybe not would be dominant in twenty twenty four is is the fact that Sergio kind of just figures this thing figures this thing out and gives him a battle. Yeah. I think for him the the mental game is maybe the most important um, because yeah of course we start a little bit the same with maybe Australia Jeddah that kind of tracks yeah, Baku is now later in the season but maybe suits Checo good but well um, but let's say after four or five races he's close to Verstappen like it was last year mm-hmm. uh, then it's I think it's very important for him to stay calm and stay uh, to um, to stay with both feet on the ground and for him maybe it's more difficult because he has a lot he has a big country behind him people are so he's so popular in mexico um and also i, sp- I spoke with alan prost i think it was before the mexican grand prix last year 
And he said, yeah, after the Miami race in that month, because we had a few weeks, no races with Imola canceled. Um, there were some interviews with his father as well from Checo. He said, yeah, this can be like uh, Senna Prost in the past. Yeah, he, it's stupid to say that kind of things. But now because you're competing against a three-time world champion now, uh, just stay who you are. Just try to win some races, and then let's see what's 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 happening. And let's see maybe Verstappen has some bad luck, uh, maybe has a DNF a crash. Uh, you never know. And then things can happen and can mm -hmm. evolve. But mm -hmm. um, I think it's stupid to to say things like that at the beginning of the season when a certain Verstappen is your teammate. Because I think Verstappen is already very um uh hungry for success and i think uh, you the hunger will be even more if you um say things like that because i think when you read things like that you will say okay let's go i uh, i beat you for your uh for your second reason why what what would it what would it be yeah i think i i said a little bit two, two things uh, the first thing was i think it's quite uh, impossible to copy a season like last year to win like Red Bull uh, 21 out of 22 races. Uh, secondly, I think um, the other teams who got some beatings at the beginning of the season are more confident now. Um, McLaren, I, I, I said after the, the, the worst start, uh, of course, they, they had some good steps. Maybe they can extend that that steps like you said as well they had more wind tunnel time uh ferrari like i said um maybe now mercedes with james ellison back as technical director since last year of course the last two cars were not with his name um his, his signature below it so maybe that can can help and if you are like rebel you are like at a top level already it's i think um i think you mentioned it as well it's quite difficult to to make that Big steps like a McLaren can or, or a Mercedes can because, of course, their their distance to Red Bull is so big. So um, I think the gaps will be closer, um, like because the rules are staying the same um, in twenty four and in twenty five. Yeah, that would be my that would be my third one. It's just other teams really ca catching up, and Mercedes is an is an interesting one, Eric. I mean, you kind of said it there with James Allison coming back as their technical director, then getting that role extended at the same time. Um, it, it's one of the, one of the puzzling things with Mercedes is the fact that, you know, they're kind of starting from fresh really when it comes to this regulation and car concept. They, I mean, we, we mentioned off the top, they had, you know, their, idea in 2022 then they had their other idea in, in 2023 and then they split that idea of a few races in and and now they have to go in a totally new direction when we look at what mercedes could unveil here in the next few weeks when you know the covers get pulled back off of these cars for the 2024 season what what do you think the mercedes is going to look like do you think they're going to go with something like an rb19 sort of look to it and, and head down that road i i, I would assume so Right? Yeah, I think you would be stupid if you don't copy anything yeah. from the RB19. But uh, it's always easy to say, okay, let's copy uh, that the dominant car. Because if you copy certain uh, elements of a car, you don't know for sure if it works yeah. in your car as well. Um, and of course, uh, I think at Mercedes, they, they showed in the past they have good people. Toto Wolf, James Ellison, and they are all in the team uh, right now as well. So uh, I think it will be good for the sport as well. I don't know how it is with you, but if I write something about yeah. Verstappen, of course, it's really 
popular in the Netherlands, but also if you write about Toto, if you write about Lewis Hamilton, uh, about George Russell, and that whole um, 21 rivalry between Red Bull and Mercedes, it still exists yeah. because they, yeah, well, they hate each other. And I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating. I think that's, that's, that, that's it after 21 and what happened that year, uh, like, uh, especially after the Silverstone crash with Hamilton and Verstappen. Um, you saw it last year in Hungary as well at Red Bull. They were so disappointed that Verstappen missed out of pole position in Hungary. And it was not because he missed out of pole position, but that Lewis Hamilton got the pole, I think. Um, uh, And of course, in the first corner on Sunday, Verstappen was already leading the race, but still there is something there. And that's nice. It's good for the sport because 21 was maybe the best season ever. Um, So yeah, let's hope for the... For the for the public, for the people who loves to have to see close racing uh, on and and maybe a little bit outside the track as well, that that will be uh, that it will come back. Yeah, and I'm also interested to see what I'm fascinated by McLaren as well. I mean, like, like you say, you know, with with uh, Mercedes, it's they're always quite popular, very very popular here in Canada and North America, and uh, so so too is McLaren, and same with their drivers. I mean, Lando is very popular here. Um, but they're a fascinating team when, when I take a look at them a little bit closer. I, uh, like I'd mentioned with the wind tunnel off the top there and finally um, getting some time to have that wind tunnel sort of on site and how just how important that is now with this new regulation in Formula One and stuff like that. I, I just I I'm really uh, curious to see what they can uh, what they can turn out, because I think if if Mercedes can't if Mercedes can't get close to Red Bull. This season, I think the the other team that's going to get the closest would be McLaren, only because of the the jump that they made uh, mid season this year, and, um, or in twenty twenty three, I should say, and the fact that you know they're the technical department that they've created underneath Andrea Stella is really quite interesting. The way they have those three different departments sort of working together, and it really does look like it it does work. I just am. I I really think that that's a that's going to be a team to for for fans to watch for. I think. Yeah, it's quite a trend you see nowadays in Formula One that like people with an engineering background are yeah. uh, becoming team uh, principal. You see it now with Haas as well yeah. recently. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you see it now with I want to say AlphaTauri with Mackies, but of course they no no AlphaTauri anymore this year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's a that's a new um, maybe yeah. a new trend, but um, yeah, let's see how that went down. And, and mine, I think I don't know how it is with you, Tim, but of course it's easy to make uh, three reasons why. But mm-hmm. it's also a little bit like, okay, I can imagine that a lot of people hope that. So you are okay. Okay, it can be quite logical as well. And my third reason will be if if the teams are closer to Rebel, then as a Rebel, maybe you. Are making more mistakes as well because you have mm. more pressure. Maybe not because I, I have a lot of faith in the people who work there and they know how to work under pressure because they show that in twenty one as well. Yeah. Um, but it can be that you make more mistakes or that sometimes not even a mistake, but that you have to uh, try something with a aggressive, more aggressive um, strategy. Maybe sometimes that will uh, work out. Maybe sometimes not. But if it's more closer, then maybe you can have a a bad strategy but if they had a bad strategy last year or, or maybe not as good as 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 the maximum then yeah normally they they won the race as well they had one off weekend in singapore they were really uh 
not good there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, that's only one weekend. But that's all. That's all. That all also show that it's not peanuts. Also not for Red Bull to be at the top level every single weekend. So like a Singapore weekend, it showed if you have if you don't have it right with the setup, even if you are a dominant team, then you can can be nowhere in one weekend. I think, uh, you know, you make a great point because for for Red Bull itself, I always kind of look at that team as, uh, you know, the aggressor or the aggressive team on the grid where they'll take chances with pit stops. They'll take chances with setup. They'll take big, big risks and stuff. And I think for for them, you know, that's the way they go and race. And it's smart because it works for them, right? Like they're they're naturally aggressive in that in that manner where they're not afraid to take a risk. And for the most part, it usually just pays off for them. But no. putting them under pressure, yeah, I don't know. It, it, um, it, it'd be interesting because they don't normally make mistakes. So it'd be fascinating to see other teams start to apply some pressure to them in 2024 and seeing what happens. But I think one reason why, you know, Max – you know, will dominate, could dominate is because he's Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen, talented, fast, consistent. His feedback is strong, can adapt to the car quickly. I mean, Eric, at this moment, he just seems just, you know, he's so in the zone right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was, of course, you can name three reasons why they won't dominate. Uh, but uh, of course, it's January, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. We can, we don't know for sure. No one knows for sure. But if I hear the stories a little bit, of course, you know, Red Bull stopped the development for the 23 car quite early because they have that luxury to focus on the 24 car. Uh, and with a Verstappen in absolute top form, uh, I think it will be, yeah. And he is so, like what I well, admire is maybe not a good word because I'm uh, not a fan or something, but what I like as a journalist, that he is like a guy, he's always going for the maximum result. And he's really straightforward talking about that as well. And if he has a, a not a good weekend, a not a good weekend now means he doesn't win, then the week after, he's so on fire. Like, remember Singapore last year, the week mm-hmm. after they, they went to Japan. And, of course, oh, you had the yeah. stories with the front wing adjustment and people saying, okay, that and was the reason. His qualifying yeah. in Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you see... <laughs> He's going into that weekend with with only one thing in his mind, like, okay, I, I'm not going to win this weekend. I'm going to crush the field. Yeah. And then he is there. And also, if he is on a new track like Jeddah 21, you go to Jeddah, it's it's hot. It's a new race track. It's a street track. It's really dangerous. It's the final week of, well, it was the not the last race, but the week for Abu Dhabi. Yeah. You are fighting with Lewis Hamilton, uh, a seven-time world champion. And the first lap on the Friday during the first practice is purple, purple, purple. It's it's the, the the racecraft of him, and it's unbelievable still. And and that's that's still funny to see. And like last year as well, he he was champion in Qatar, so he had a few races left. And then every single weekend he was driving like he had to fight for the championship. Still, yep. that's quite. Um, it, of course, it it for us it maybe seems so easy or so that someone oh. is doing that, but it's oh. not. It's not. And <laughs> in the Dutch on Dutch television as well, sometimes you have the people saying. Um, yeah, you cannot say it's boring because it's so, um, it's so, um, great what he's doing. So, um, so, uh, yeah, unbelievable talented. And that's true, but it's, 
it's not that if you say the one thing, you can't think about the other thing. Of course, I can imagine that people say it's boring. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you also have to say, I think, and I think everyone with, with normal brains will say that it is so impressive what he is doing. Um, and still, I think even when the championship was finished last year after Qatar, like Vegas, was one of the greatest races of the year. So it can be still fascinating Formula One. It's not that if there's one guy, one team dominating, that it's boring all the time. That's I think we saw quite good races last year as well. And some qualifying's too. I mean, Max is uh, qualifying in Monaco, you know, wrestling pole position away from Fernando Alonso in the dying moments in, in Q3. And like, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, that, that, that sector three, in Monaco, uh, that Max put out, that's got to be one of the greatest sector threes on that track in, in the history of the sport. Because, I mean, he was like, he, uh, one inch one way or the other, and that car is going to get rolled up into a ball. Like, yeah, but he had the, um, the chicane at the, sh- at the swimming pool there. Oh, he, yeah. he, he crashed there multiple times in the past. Multiple, yeah. And you see in his qualifying that he's touching the wall there. And after that, he was not saying, okay, it was on the limits. Of course, he was on the limit, but he was touching the wall on purpose. So he had more momentum into the chicane. So you think about that. And it's, it, it was only for pole position in Monaco. And it was already, of course, we already knew at that stage of the season, okay, uh, the chance is quite big uh, that he is going to win. But the, I think that kind of weekends help for him as well. Okay, you cannot say it's only a dominant car because it, mm-hmm. it's showing that in Japan, but Monaco, it shows how good of a race driver is. And also in June and July, I think, all the European races and also Canada, I think there was not a single weekend we had, didn't have rain on Saturday mm-hmm. or Sunday or maybe both. So the, the circumstances were not easy as well. If you have a dominant car, you want, just want to have no rain, just dry, uh, easy, yep. uh, predictable. Yep. And every weekend we had something strange with the weather and still he was winning. So yeah, that was quite impressive as well, I have to say. Yeah, I remember uh, in Canada for qualifying, it was it was raining and some of the uh, onboard camera shots, especially for Verstappen's, like you couldn't see anything. Like the it, there was, uh, I don't even, I don't know how a lot of those drivers were able to keep their cars on the track at that moment, but I mean, his qualifying there in the wet, also impressive. Um, just want to get your thoughts on the uh, upcoming season, on what you think uh, this could be like. I mean, it's going to be the longest in on record in Formula One history, 24 events. Uh, it's a lot. I, I just, you know, are you going to do all the races? And, you know, how difficult <laughs> is that? Well, I, I, I will skip a few. Um, also with my, uh, situation at home, if I, uh, I'm not married, so that's, that doesn't cost me a divorce, but, uh, <laughs> will be the, the same result. I think if I do 24 races, um, and I saw last year, sometimes I, when I work one race from home, uh, I don't want to do that two or three times in a row, but right. like maybe next year I don't go to Japan and I do China, mm-hmm. um, but I go to the first ones into Australia and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it will be tough. I think you have, um, after Singapore in September, you have quite a big break of almost a month. And then you have only two, no, not only, you have two triple headers two yet. Triple but, headers, yeah. yeah, with two weekends in, um, in between with no race. But it will be very, very tough. Like last year, 
de, de Vegas Abu Dhabi doubleheader was, was yeah. I, I like to be in Vegas, but because it was a new event, season was already done, so you have a new event, a lot of stories to make, that was nice. But to be there at 4 a.m. in the in the um, yeah. uh, 4 a.m. to have a uh, pre-practice two yeah. um, finished, it was as a journalist it was quite nice, but all it was mental for the mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, so it 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 will be re- really really tough. Um, I think it's a little bit more logical the calendar now that helps helps a little bit. But also you have Australia, then a week nothing. You have Japan, week nothing. China, week nothing. Miami, week nothing. So you have to go. Back off, you back have to, or you have to stay there. So yeah, but back and forth too. I'm not staying in there uh, mm-hmm. to have holiday or something. So mm-hmm. I go back, back in European time, back in. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I think I always think now uh, I don't have to complain that much. I think a lot of people want to do our jobs. I think, um, and for a lot of people in the paddock, it's it's way more tough than for us. So, um, yeah. uh, but it will be challenging also for the drivers. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Could, it couldn't agree with you more on that front because, I mean, even though, you know, the drivers have to adjust to all these time changes as well and they're going back and forth at the same time too. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting season to see how it all kind of works out with the, the travel and how everybody does and how everyone handles it. Uh, Alpha Tauri announced um, their rebrand today. It was actually just a few hours ago, uh, actually, um, from the time of this recording. So, uh, Eric, they're now going to be known as uh, Visa Cash App rb formula one team uh do yeah. you expect that name to be to be shortened <laughs> i hope so yeah <laughs> but a- i was thinking about it, like a rebel racing is like officially it's oracle rebel racing but no yeah. one is if you speak about it, no one is saying oracle so in that perspective it's quite uh from a marketing side it's i i can imagine that you do the sponsor name so dominant well it's 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 only a sponsor name like stake f1 as well the mm-hmm. the former alpha male um but yeah how are we going to pronounce it how to write about it i have to think about that Be- uh, and, and the tv commentators as well because if you name the whole uh team name then there's yeah you you there's one lap already behind you yeah. and then <laughs> then you have to <laughs> say okay this this happened as well um so but it's all marketing of course and i can imagine it's uh, the u.s market you know w- way more about that than me but it's so big you see they yeah. they will um the presentation of the team is in vegas i believe um, yeah. yeah of course they will have a lot of uh, publicity but um yeah it's it's the current time yeah it's like uh, you see it in the in cycling and stuff you see it as well right yes yeah that's a good point actually uh with cycling um yeah because i saw nate saunders who's a colleague of ours on on twitter i think he posted that it uh he had heard that it could be shortened or the team is referring to it as vcarb f1 team so that would be like visa cash app rb f1 team shortened vcarb uh yeah i don't don't know you remember like the racing bulls like is that is that still gonna be a thing like do we know like no i i heard because it was like a marketing name or something yeah you had to yeah but i heard it was only just a internal working name so i heard quite soon that it was not uh to be that name well they proved that right so um <laughs> but uh yeah let's see um i hope for them it was funny if you see the press release peter Bayer, the yeah main main director he was not saying only we we focus on developing talents because they are the sister team of red bull of course but also that they want to 
go more for the for the prizes. So that was mm. quite. Uh, of course, every team wants that, but it was quite. Uh, yeah, you can also can't say that in your press release. So maybe that's interesting. I think they and they will be have more um, more close uh, partnership with Red Bull uh, next year as well. I think the yeah, Alfa. So. Well, the the Visa Cash App car for this year will be like normally. If you have that connection, uh, like a copy of the RB19, I think, yeah. like from the, the Red Bull car of last year, that will be quite logical, right? Yeah, for sure. And just they'd be so strong, too. And they were supposedly moving closer to the RB facility, Red Bull racing facilities as well, I believe. Um, but yeah, that. You, you know, if if uh, well, not Alpha Tauri anymore. I was about to call them Alpha Tauri. Um, the Visa Cash App <laughs> Red Bull Racing F1 team. <laughs> if you're parented with with uh, Red Bull Racing, it would only make sense to 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 have components or at least have your car look similar to the RB19. Yeah, but uh, it's a team season. to watch, right? It's a team oh. to watch because they have a new yeah. team principal with Mackies. They have. Ricciardo and Tsunoda and of course they will go into the season like okay maybe I can have a shot at Rebel after this season or maybe already during the yeah. season if, if Perez is not uh, yep. performing well yeah, of course yeah. his contract is, is expiring after 24 what happens yep. then uh, for Ricciardo he always said uh, it's his goal main goal to be back in Red Bull so from 25 onwards so um, yeah it will be interesting to see and of course we had Liam Lawson last year we did a tremendous job as well uh, knocking on the door so one of the teams to watch and I think that's quite interesting to see the whole driver market next year because we had a very boring silly season last year yeah. no changes only the the Vries Ricciardo swap at, uh, before the summer break but uh, now you have a lot of drivers expiring after the, after uh, 24. Eric, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, re really appreciate it. That's uh, Eric Van Heren uh, joining me all the way from the Netherlands. So follow Eric on social media, on Twitter at Eric V. Heron and on Instagram at Eric Van Heren. Eric, thanks again, man. Really appreciate you doing this. No worries. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Tim Haraney. You can reach me on all forms of social media at Tim Haraney. This is Nailing the Apex, a podcast that focuses on F1 and IndyCar. Please hit like, subscribe, write a comment. Check out our YouTube channel where you can view past episodes of NTA. I'll be back with more Nailing the Apex as the season gets closer to launch. Thanks again, everyone, for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you all later.